Welcome to our painting. This is Saratoga Best. We are at the beginning of the month of Tammuz, and what we want to talk about or explore is, can you turn the negative to positive? Everybody has things in their past that they, let's talk now about the past, that they look at and they just feel like if they could throw it away, if they could not let it bother them, everybody's got something, and if, and if we don't have it on the personal level, we have it on the collective level, on a level of Jewish history, and it's very heavy, and it's very heavy, and once upon a time, we couldn't even throw it away, and then eventually we we, we got to something which we call escafia, that you can kind of push it away, but then there's something called ishafka, which is transforming it from negative to positive. You can only turn something from negative to positive if, in truth, it's really positive. Now, we were saying last week that when, we, uh, when we're not in a good situation, when we're not feeling good, for some reason, there's this feeling that it's just always going to be this way. A child comes home from school, and they say, nobody, nobody wants to sit beside me at lunch. And every single day, there are certain popular kids, and I'm never popular. And the mother says, okay, I'm sure it'll get better. And the child says, no, it won't. Never going to get better. Because there's that feeling that it's just never, ever going to get better. So what's that based on? That feeling that it never, ever, that when when we're in a dark space, it just feels like it'll be this way forever. Pastor Shalom. And when we're in a good space, very few people say, I'm sure it'll be like this forever now that it started. Just make a, a concerted effort to say that. But usually people don't feel it. So there's something about, and we said last week, there's something about being in a dark space that resembles the feeling of eternity. That this will always be forever. And there's something about being in a light situation that doesn't feel eternal. Well, isn't that strange? Because truth is eternal, goodness is eternal, negativity and darkness is temporary. So how come we feel the opposite? We should feel eternal when life is good. We should, you know, uh, something happens. Your, your child comes home from school and says, yeah, this and this happened today that was good. I know it's always going to be like this from now on. Why not? Or why don't we feel that? Why, 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 what is it? it? It seems to be reverse polarity. So let's look at the month of Tammuz because that exactly is the template for the fact that within the darkness is really light. The darkness is really light. The advantage of light that comes from darkness and at the very core of darkness is light, is the essence. The very core of darkness, darkness is the essence of all things. And when you when you're looking at the essence of all things, it doesn't have a shape or a color or a flavor or a scent or any of that. The essence of things is amorphous. It doesn't have any color. When there is revealed good, it's in all these beautiful colors. But when there's concealed good, which is called darkness, when there's the essence of something, what are you going to look at? There's no shape. There's no form. You can't. It's not tangible. So the intangibility of it appears as darkness to us, to our eyes. So the month of Tammuz is the month of transformation. 
because it's classically known as a month of Gullus. And yet, in recent times, it's, it's turned into what's called Kaidish Ga'ula. So we want to take advantage of that and use it as a template in this month for being able to transform all negative things in our life to positive. Okay, so we're going to look at this Sikha of Tafshin uh, Lamadzayim, Arshul Chukas. Okay. Because about the month of Tammuz, we find there are two opposite things. There is a special, specialness of the month in Tarashibik Sab. What does the Chumash, what does Tyra say about the month of Tammuz? Well, the famous day. What do we know the month of Tammuz for? Asar Tammuz, Shabbat Asar 17th of Tammuz. Not a good thing. And it's the fourth month, you know, Nisan Iyar Sivan Tammuz. And there is a fast day in this month. So it's called Saimiravi. The fourth fast, the fast of the fourth month, the fast of Shavasar What happened? The city was breached. The city being breached is a pretty serious thing. When, when the, we can look at the footnote here. Thanks. When when we think about the city being breached, you had the enemy surrounding Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is the basis of everything we are and everything we stand for. It's the basis of Yiddishkeit, Yerushalayim. It's the core, the place of the base of Migdash, Yerushalayim. It is us, we are it. If, if I forget you, oh Yerushalayim, then may this and this and this happen. It's the core. So when the enemy surrounds Yerushalayim, it's our home. The idea of the enemy, whether it's the Babylonians or the Romans, surrounding Yerushalayim, and I guess it's Shavasar Batamah, 17th of Thomas, both times. But the, the enemy surrounding Yerushalayim, and they're trying to destroy and get into Yerushalayim. There's a Jewish secret. The Jewish secret is a special way of living based on a unique connection that we have with Hashem. That in a way, whoever sees it wants to get into the secret of it and find out what it is. What do we have that nobody else has? And right now, just parenthetically, bringing it back to the present, we're in a tough time uh, because um, there's a lot of chaos going on in America. People rioting and throwing away the police and all kinds of stuff. I don't know. It's hearsay. I don't really choose to uh, fill my eyes with all this stuff. Then I'll go into I'll go into a dark mood like everybody else. But there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of chaos. And the fear of Yidden, God forbid, is that after all the chaos, although we are being bypassed, which is a miracle in history, when there were non-Jewish mobs, they never bypassed us. Jewish history is about a mob return to us, God forbid. Always. 
that there should be a mob and they're not thinking about us. They're thinking about each other's. It's a brand new chiddush of Geula. It's a miracle, the extent of which we cannot even fathom. The one who is in the miracle of midst of a miracle does not recognize that he's that there's a miracle that he's inside us. This is where we're up to now. We don't recognize the extent of the miracle. They're busy with each other. They're they're in mobs. We know mobs. They're not thinking about us. We've moved past that. They have a job to do now. To think about each other and and the fact that they don't like what they've come to. The way it used to be is they would see us and say we live differently from them. And they wouldn't respect it. They would not like it in general. And they wanted to get in to the core of it, God forbid, Rahman and destroy whatever the core secret is that gives us, enables us to be who we are. They wanted to get right into it and break it at the core, God forbid. So here you have a situation, the 17th of Tammuz. This is the flavor of the month of Tammuz. And you here you have the Bavlim and the Romans later surrounding Yerushalayim. And they want to get in. And they take big tree stumps. I believe this is about the times of the Romans. Um, they take big tree stumps and they make them as battering rams. Long trees. And they're hacking away. They're banging, banging, banging all day long at the city walls around Jerusalem. Long time. On the 10th of, t- of Tavis, they surrounded the city. And then they started banging and banging and banging. They wanted to get in. The gates were closed. We didn't want to let them in. This is our private Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim with Hashem. They're not coming in. But they were very determined to take over. What? This tiny little place. Tiny little land. They had the whole world. What do they need us for? What do they need our place for? It's a little teeny piece of real estate. But they could sense, their mazel could sense that on some level, this is the place of truth. This is truth. This is the place of connection. And they don't know how to do it themselves, but they're upset that we're, they were upset that we're doing it. Or they wanted to, let's say on a, uh, a deeper, more Gaulidic level, they wanted to get in, let's assume, and know the secret. What is at the core of our connection with Hashem? Yerushalayim. They're banging and banging and banging away with the batting rams for weeks at the walls around Yerushalayim until the 17th of Tammuz, boom, they made a crack in the wall. And I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe that meant once there was a crack, some soldiers could start to 
enemy soldiers could start to squeeze through the cracks and get in. This crack around the wall is one of the biggest tragedies in Jewish history. They finally cracked the wall around our Yerushalayim. And so, this is what the whole month is about. They got in. They cracked our wall of protection. So it's the month of, it was the month of Gullus. As it's understood from this, that the fast day determines, the fast day creates the flavor of the month. Some Harazi, the, the, the fourth fast, some of Revila Chadashim. So, what does that mean? This is a month that's a very dark month. Punishment. And not only that, then, not only is it a very dark month, it's the month, the 17th of Thomas, Thomas, begins with three weeks. Very dark weeks. The darkest. Ending with the very darkest day, Kishabov, which begins the very darkest, dark Gullus. So it's dark, 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 dark. Dark lives matter, right? So, careful what I say. So, in our generation, what was revealed? Something else in the month of, in this month of Tammuz. The Chag of Geula of Yud Beit Yud Gimel So it's a dark month. It's a month of Gullah. But now we're saying that it's Chag of Geula of Yud Beit Yud Gimel What happened? The sixth Babacher Eva was a, was released from prison from darkness. Wait. So just a minute. This is a month that the flavor is going into the darkness. It's not classically known as a month in which you come out of the darkness. But then if you look at it logically, it's got to be. Because we're saying all the darkness on the deepest level is not really darkness. And our energy now, our, our mission now is to transform the darkness to light because in truth it's light. So it would make sense that at some point in history, there would be an event which would herald the beginning of the transformation. If anything's going to be transformed, it's going to be this month, from dark to light. And it happened in 1927, Afresh Kezayim. And it was not a personal geula. Yud Yud as it says in the famous letter that's printed in Sefer Maimar and Kafresh Pechas, 1928, etc., it says the following. This is what the, what the sixth Lubavitcher ever said. After, I guess, a year later, after his redemption, maybe, maybe said on the anniversary of his redemption, It wasn't just myself that God redeemed from Yud Beis Tamas. No, it wasn't just me. This is not a personal redemption. This is not a personal holiday. Then whom? Whom did God redeem? All those who hold dear, who cherish our holy Tyrus. 
This is a geula on Yudbeit Yud Gimel Tammuz for anybody who cherishes our holy Torah. Anyone else? Yeah. Shemir Mitzvah. Anybody who keeps mitzvahs has a geula on this day. Anyone else? Yes. The is a share b'shem Yisrael And anybody who actually doesn't really cherish Torah on a revealed level yet, doesn't actually do mitzvahs, and his only connection is he's called on the name Yisrael. This is official status. But he doesn't relate to it. He doesn't connect to it. But that's who he is. Mother's Jewish. He was born Jewish. It seems to mean nothing to him. He too has a full redemption on your day's time. And of course, anybody who cherishes Tyre and Mitzvah, of course does. So that means every kind of Yid has a redemption on your day's time. So it's a Chazalula for all Yidin. Now, my question is, this year, the day Thomas comes out on 4th of July. I guess my question is, at this point in history, a lot of years since 1927, I'm trying to think how many years. It's uh, 93 years. 93 years. Okay. A lot of years. So, my question is, is this a Chag HaGeula for the entire world at this point? It's not a coincidence. The 4th of July, which the world sees as a holiday of freedom, Independence Day. America was given freedom to America that was based on the foundation of In God We Trust. Okay. Not bad. It was given freedom. And we don't have to make a whole pill pull about 4th of July. But when you think about it, 4th of July is, here was what's now called America. What's now called America. Okay, so going back to this, I'm not a big expert on uh, American history, being Canadian, but as far as I understand about 4th of July, uh, the pilgrims came over from England, and I guess they were rebelling against a uh, religious structure that they didn't relate to very well. Perhaps that's it. Again, I'm not a big expert in this. And... um, their independence, they did found the United States based on the idea of in God we trust. Very good. And when they gained independence from the Commonwealth and the Canadians that were part of the Commonwealth, when they gained independence, it was a big holiday. It was a sense of liberation. What does that mean, you gain independence from the Commonwealth? If we're saying in God we trust, but we're going to do it our way. In a sense, you can say from a non-Jewish perspective, that's the world saying, we want to experience that we trust in God. But we want to do it not Mila Myra, but Mila Mata. We want to be able to express it in our own way, and it come from us rather than being told how to express it. And we want to shape our lives around the principle of in God we trust, 
in a different way than we're used to, but still, still, but shaping it around this principle. So whatever really, whatever really happened in the U.S. Sorry that we keep being interrupted. So we're talking about a situation of people wanting to express their trust in God, whether the events of American history really uh, were true to that or not. At the very core, the currency, the, 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 the monetary currency, the dollar bill of the United States, which says in God we trust, says the truth about the deeper kavana here. The deeper kavana of 4th of July. Again, people did whatever they did. But on the deepest level, this was a place created around 4th of July, which is saying we want to experience how we trust in God and we live with that consciousness in a new way, a more, we'll call it a more upgraded, let's call it more Gauladic way, a more upgraded way. When was the revolution? Oh boy, not American, 1867. That was a Canadian one. Okay, wow. Uh, Okay, I need Americans to check me. Um, That was Canadian. All right, I don't know. Um, Every American knows it. Uh, so it's a, it, 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 it's a celebration, 4th of July, on we're going to serve God in a way that we experience more personally. It's my, it's my trust of God. It's not theirs. It's my very unique personal trust in God. That's a ge'ula. For America, that's a chag ge'ula. So the fact that, let's say, this year, Chaga Geula in Tammuz corresponds to 4th of July is not a coincidence. There's something there. And the fact that, interesting, we all, 4th of July always comes out in the month of Tammuz. We classically know about the month of Tammuz for a few thousand years as being a month of negativity and darkness, of Gullus. And yet even before the even before Hagagula of the, of the Rebbe, you had the Hagagula, so to speak, in the late 1800s, middle 1800s, of America, which is all completely tied up now with it being outside of the, uh, outside of Eretz Yisrael, the place where there's the biggest Jewish influence. It is what it is because of so many Yidden are here. And it's benched. Yaakov Avinu came to this country and he benched it. And he continues to bless it. So there's a lot connected with that. And it's all showing that in recent times, in recent generations, the darkness of the month of, of Tammuz begins to turn into the light that's deep within the darkness. So... Um, 
So now, um, right, we're saying, so now we understand that the Indian of Geula is something fundamental in the whole month. It's not just, oh, wow, that's so great. Geula, coming into a dark month. Oh, that's so sweet. It's not sweet and it's not, oh, wow, but really from the moment that the month of Tammuz was created with all of its destruction and darkness, simultaneously it was, con- it was created as a time of light. We know what comes from Shavasa the Tammuz three weeks later is Tishabav. And what happens on Tishabav at the moment of the destruction? The cow mood and the, and there was a certain non-Jew who said, Oh, I heard the cow make this sound. That means that the Jews' holy temple has just been destroyed. And then a few minutes later, or immediately afterwards, the cow moved again, and this same individual said, Oh, Mashiach has just been born. So Tishabov always has been a dual reality. It's the deepest darkness. It's the beginning of the Gullah. It's also the beginning of the Geula. And so the month of Tammuz is the same thing. Galus Geula. So there's no question. What we want to know is how can it be that all through the generations until now, we didn't know this. If it was a month that's dark and light, how come we didn't know? Were we focusing on the fact that Tishabav is the greatest darkness and the greatest light? I don't think so. It was a medrash somewhere. Everybody knew that there was this little this cow that mood and everybody knew it. But nobody really took it as a reality. Okay, how does that impact on our life? The Shabbat is considered a horrific day. And the focus on, but wait, Mashiach was born. Okay, no. Okay, some hope. Not totally lost. But there's an entirely different flavor to this story. And since the story of Tishabav begins on the 17th of Thomas, and the 17th of Thomas flavors the whole month, it means that the whole month is a template for the idea that darkness turns to light. How come we didn't know about it? How come in Tereshavik Sab we didn't know about it? And so one of the things we understand is that when Meshur Bain was given the Kaira, Everything, everything was given to him, but not everything was revealed. And everything was given a time to be revealed. Everything has its time. And so now, specifically now, in the Ictus of the Mashiach, close to the end, that's the time when it finally had to start to come out. Because, let's face it, you can't go from the old classical darkness to full Geula. You wake up one morning, and there's just incredible light. Everything is light. Besides everything else, besides it being way too much of a shock, we know that when we see light, it's been seen scientifically. 
when we see light and we're not a vessel for the light, we experience it as darkness. A baby will be able to only see so much light, and then when there's a strong light, the baby closes its eyes and shuts down. We don't, we have very limited limited capacity for light. The minute it goes to the next level of light, we see it as darkness. So, So this, that in the same month, there are these two opposites, that's basic Yiddishkeit. Why, how do we know that that's basic Yiddishkeit? Basic Yiddishkeit because if you go to the core, core, core of Yiddishkeit, you go into Yerushalayim. And once you're in Yerushalayim, you go into the base of Yiddish. Once you're in the base of Yiddish, you go into the Kaidish. And then from the Kaidish, you go into the Kaidish Kedashim. And what do you experience in the Kaidish Kedashim, which is the core, core, core of what Yiddish Kaid is? Two opposites coexist. The RM takes up space, and it doesn't take up space. So Yiddish Kaid is all about, at its very core, two opposites coexist. And for a year, this makes perfect sense. For the rest of the world, probably not. But this is who we are. <coughs> Dark and light at the same time. It's there and it's not there. It takes up space and it doesn't take up space. So here we are in the month. That is exactly that. It's dark and it's light. Well, that's normal if you're a Jew. So when we look at the dark part, the whole we have a fast day. And the whole purpose of the fast day, we'll even find it's a fast day. That's the dark part, right? Shabbat Sabbatamus, Tishabav, Gullus, horrificness, that's the dark part. Good. Guess what? Even in the dark part, there's really light. Where do we see the dark part? We fast every year. I mean, really, really, we see many videos and we've seen, in this case, Lubavitcher Rebbe speaking about every single day that the base of Midrash is not being destroyed. Uh, sorry, being built is being destroyed, God forbid. We're either building it or we're not building it. So every single minute, every single year is a true fast. It's not we are remembering the destruction of the base of Midrash. We're fasting on this, but we're not building it. So even in the fast day, which represents all the darkness, there are two extremes in the fast day. Because a fast day also has two identities. On the one hand, what we just said. On the other hand, it will be turned to Satan and Simcha and Mayadin Taidin. All fast days will be turned to days of joy. And we understand. Where does the fast come from? From Gullus. Okay. And what's the whole point of the fast and the Gullus? Not to perpetuate the Gullus but rather to get out of it. We fast on the day that starts the Gullus to turn it into Geula. And we, st- we suffer. We afflict ourselves. But maybe, I'm not, I don't know, but maybe one can say there really are two reasons why we fast. We fast on Tisha B'av. We also fast on Yom Kippur. When we fast on Yom Kippur, we're not fasting for affliction. 
When we fast on Tisha B'Av, we fast because of the darkness, the Gullus. When we fast on Yom Kippur, we fast because of the light. We're, we're, we don't want any separation, even sitting around and stuffing our faces with food. We don't want any separation between us, us and our beloved, Hashem. So we fast. There's nothing, there's no, there's nothing in between us. We're not busy with anything else. We're just there with Him. He is there with us. Nobody's eating and drinking. Nobody's busy preparing food. Nobody's making salad. Nobody's, you know, ladling out soup. Nobody's eating the soup. It's just there. So even the fast day in itself has two realities. It's horrible. It's amazing. Those two. Again, you have to be Jewish to feel, yeah, I can live in two realities at the same time. My very first year that I ever went to was Dr. Brower who said, well, that's the Jewish condition. No wonder more, you know, we're such good candidates for psychotherapy. Because da 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 Because we live in two realities all the time. So, to remind us about this, and to bring bring us to the point where, um, to bring us to the point that we want to do whatever we need to get rid of the gullus part of it. How do we do that? Get rid of the reason that we were thrust into gullus in the first place. We want to get rid of that part. It's not so simple. When you are sunk into the midst of it, the midst of the darkness and the fasting, and we're here because we were bad and all of that stuff. It's very difficult. What do they say? You can't solve the problem from inside the problem. You can't sit in the month of Thomas, which is a dark month, when in truth it has the ability to be light, the most, the lightest. You can't get there when you're sitting inside of it. Somebody who's in prison cannot release himself. It's very difficult to release ourselves from the darkness of the month. It's a dark month. So something else had to come along in this month that would be um, a template for the Geula part that's hidden in, in the 17th of Thomas and hidden in the, the whole month of Thomas. Something had to come along that is total Geula. And when we hang, hold on to that life jacket, that uh, lifesaver, we're able to pull ourselves out and climb up to the truth, or climb deeply into the truth and pull it out to the surface. So what is that? A ge'ula day. So Hashem had to put into the month of Tammuz, into this time of punishment, into this month of punishment, he had to put a day of ge'ula. So that we climb out of the dark part. Because clearly, to have fast days forever and ever and ever, so what are you going to do in Geula? And others, we all talk about it. We all say, okay, so the fast days are going to turn into holidays, into Yom and Tegan, in the Sheikh Titan. But nobody can think how that's going to happen. What happens? You're going to be fasting? Uh, yesterday, imagine, it's whatever year, and we're still in Geula. 
and and yeah, it's such a hard fast. I was hellishing for a cup of coffee, and I was so I was so weak, and I had to lie down. All this other stuff. Good, okay. And then you go to sleep. I mean, it's a it's a pipe dream. So what do we think? And we go to sleep, and we wake up in the morning. And we're like, oh my goodness! We turn on our phones, and it says Mashiach is here! Yay, Mashiach came! And you see in Yerushalayim a donkey, and somebody's riding on a donkey, and everybody's excited, and and you know all firecrack. We already have the fireworks going on here, don't we? Right? And the the Umas Ilam are are throwing firecrackers all over the place. They're so excited. Mashiach came overnight. We were sleeping. Mashiach came. Let's say. The pipe dream. It's not the way it happens. Or maybe, but even if it does overnight, you go to sleep, you wake up in the morning, whoa, Mashiach came. Just yesterday I was fasting. Am I going to know how to deal with the new reality? I'm still addicted to the fast part. It's gullus. I was just fasting yesterday. Don't give me any bubble mice as Mashiach came. It's too hard for me to adjust. There has to be a gradual process. You want to tell me that now it's Gula? Next year I'm not fasting on Shabbat Shabbat Really? I'm not going to be fasting on... That's it? The fast is over on Shabbat? You want to tell me that when Mashiach will come? It's true. How will I personally adjust to that? I always fasted, my mother fasted, my grandmother fasted, my great-grandmother fasted, my great-great-grandmother Everybody fasted for all these generations, all the way back to Avramavina. Come on, you want to tell me? We're not, we're not such flexible people. So clearly Hashem has to take us step by step. And if the month is really a Geula month, He needs to give us something a little more tangible to make us be able to step into that new reality. He says, we don't, we don't make the changes that easily. Even though we see now we're in a time where things are changing exponentially quickly. From the quiet of quarantine to the chaos on the streets, what's going to be next? Please God, Mashiach. Right, we're used to it. One day you have the Twin Towers, the next day you don't have the Twin Towers. One day you have this, the next day you don't. We see these quick changes, but people are still in therapy. All these years later, what is it, 20 years, almost 20 years later, from 9-11, from the Twin Towers coming down, from the shock of it, everything changed so drastically. It it, it takes some adjustment. So what did Hashem do? Hashem said, okay, what I'm going to do is the the following. I'm going to already give you a tangible experience of the fact that this is also a month of Geula, I'm going to give you a real Geula that's for every single year in this month. And you'll celebrate it. And you'll get used to the energy of, well, I'm fasting, but I'm also, it's also Geula. And then the question which would be, which one comes first? First we'll fast, and then a few days later we'll have this Chag of Geula. But if you ask me on a psychological level, I'll tell you that the minute we become imprinted with something, it's very difficult to, it takes a lot of energy work (laughs) to undo that imprint. First impressions count. You go to get a, you go for a job interview and you appear and you're a very put together person. You look good, you act, organize, everything. 
But somehow that day was a balagan day, and you fly in, hotels flying, and you're late, and everything's falling apart, and you're trying to hold on to all your papers, and they're flying all over the place, and that's the impression they're going to get. And then even if you get the job, and you're very organized after that, it takes a long time until the boss associates you with being a together, put-together person. Because his first impression of you was you were completely deflated, and that made the, the deepest impression. After that, it took a lot to, to change it. First impressions count. So in this month of Gullus Geula, Hashem has to make the first impression the Geula one. For us, not for him. He probably doesn't he doesn't go by that thing. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But for us, our first impression of this month has to be Geula. And then a few days later, we can fast. So when did Hashem make this Chazagula that that is for every single Yid and maybe for the whole world? Maybe at this point, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not just for Yidin. That's why I brought in 4th of July. Maybe. Hashem made it on Yid-based Tammuz, five days before Shabbat Arbatamuz, five days before the 17th of Tammuz. So first we get the taste of Geula, since 1927, Tafresh Pei Zayin. First we have the taste of Geula in this month. And then, five days later, we have the taste of Gullus. We already had the taste of Gullus for a few thousand years, so we tasted it strongly enough. But now we sip the drink of Geula first in the month, then the one of Gullus. And it's now, in, in the month of Av, it's different. In the month of Av, first you have Tishabav, and then it gets better. You have two Av. And you have Shabbos Nachman. But here, as I say, the first impression, the first taste, is the one of sweetness. So, to sum up, when we're talking about darkness and light in the month of Tammuz, it is, as we said, it is a template for darkness and light in the same place. This is, this is the essence of Yiddishkeit. And, of course, the question is, the question is, so why why would we have a geula? So, so why would we have a geula before the gullah? Why would we have the, why do we have chagula? I mean, in the month of love, we have first you have a gullah and then you have a geula. That makes sense. After all the terrible darkness, then you start to heal from it. No, but here here we have a situation of a geula comes before the gullah because that's the template, that's the stamp that says the real reality is darkness is not true, light is truth. But it's really hard to live that way and to bring it into our lives. We hear about it, we talk about it, we say it, we can write blog posts about it, we can do classes about it and all this other stuff. But to actually experience it in everyday life, that really the real truth about all the darkness is it's really Geula, for that you have to have Chazagula coming you have to have the Chazagula of the month of Thomas coming before the fast day of the month of Thomas. You have to redo the whole flavor of darkness of the month of Thomas by first having it stamped 
with the stamp. You know, the visa is stamped. The month of, of Thomas gets a stamp on the a visa stamp in the passport that says, this is a month that once was on that side of the border. And now it has switched to this side of the border. It was on the dark side of the border. And now this month has been switched over to the light side of the border. And that will eternally be, always has been, but we didn't feel it, will always be its, its identity. Which means that the energy, the template, this month being the template for dark and light, we have now switched over to a situation where we are literally capable, not, it's not easy, but we're capable of experience, experiencing light more strongly than darkness of, of the glass is half full or the glass is half empty. Everybody knows that. Although we as given tend to be addicted to the glass is half empty, we are actually capable of switching over to the glass is half full. That is our true reality, and we're able to step into it and lead the whole world in that direction. May we find ourselves in that place immediately now in a world that's full of life. I hid him high to Arvisim for the Sassim Vikar, the with Arun Akain, lighting them and I, sending out light to the world forever and ever and ever.